peace. This is Fresh of My Fresh Podcast with a dedication, special dedication to the recently deceased Mark the 45 King. Music choices for this episode, if you would like. The albums are 45 King Lost Break Beats Volume 1 and 2. And, um... AC, the program directors, mix on, on Mixcloud, the 45 King dedication, uh, dedication mix, actually. Just look it up, just look up 45 King AC, the PD, Mixcloud, and it should take you, it'll be the ultimate, the ultimate 45 King experience. Special tribute mix, all in order to give him the flowers before he passed away. So, play those while you listen to this episode. Curtis Metcalf, Fresh of My Fresh podcast. Cover to you from the insider, Dolphin Street. Order me some slices of pizza to eat. This episode, we're going to talk about uh, the 45 King, DJ Mark James, to those who knew him. Uh, starting off, I just found out some facts. Uh, DJ Mark was never supposed to be part of his handle. It's just It was just 45 King. It's just supposed to be 40, 45 King. He said the media, to make it sound good, to put in a magazine, made it made it like that and a whole lot of gun imagery that was not associated not originally associated with his name got got put on some stuff they had to set the record straight and say that's not part that's not it was always 45 king and it will be 45 king forever the band that had the beats that never ended 900 numbers of beat that never ended that beat was from 1989, and he made different versions of it, and the thing just blew up off of uh, Young TV Raps. Young TV Raps would play the uh, 900 number, and Ed Lover would go into this dance, the uh, Ed Lover dance. And that became, that became the thing he took. That, that's how most people associated with that, you know, with uh, 45 King. They even know it was 45 King made, that made the beat or whatnot, you know what I'm saying? But the beat took on a life of its own and it went outside. It kind of like went outside of hip hop for real, you know, uh, that the funky saxophone and the drum. That beat went on forever, forever, forever. 1995, uh, DJ Cool dropped let me clear my throat with it. The, the most of the most of that song is the 900 number. For those who don't know, so even if you don't know 45 King, you know him in some other form of capacity, you know. And that was like he was still doing, he was doing beats then, but it's just like with an independently owned. His stuff has been locked into an era, really, really, really collectible stuff. And especially for for me, who's my first time hearing him, was like um, on Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. He was in the video for uh, Dance For Me. And she's an MC that he originally put on. 
you should know the whole history with Queen Latifah. It all starts with uh, 45 King, you know, them coming out of Jersey. Uh, he was the head of the flavor unit, capped off, you know, the title by Lati. This joint he produced for uh, Lati back in 1987 called This Joint Sky Flavor. It was something other out of out of the out of the usual drum pattern sounded like he chopped up some James Brown, but it was so inventive, quick hit, steady. You know he has he's one of the only producers in hip hop who can who can make a a little two ball four ball loop and make it real entertaining without it getting without it getting boring. His early use of horns, saxophones, and the accent to beat, and all that. It was only a matter of time before the world found out about him, but he was solid, he's so solid between like 1987 and 1980, 1989, you know, there was enough of his stuff to go around, you know, him having a connection with uh, DJ Red Alert. But more facts with that is that he started in hip hop before that. Starting out, hold on, starting out with, um, the Funky Four. Plus, when being a record boy for, uh, before I, before I spit all that out, let me, um, let me actually click on to the J. Corn News article about it. Uh, he did an article on 45 came for Rock the Bells. Shout out to everybody who's, um, who recognizes, who recognized the passing and did their own tributes with on Instagram, all throughout social media and stuff, you know. Diamond D had a heartfelt one. He gave his words and, you know, some of the words that struck people was like 45 King didn't really feel uh, appreciated for what he did in the culture. But then I find I find more video for 45 King saying like, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a DJ like really comfortable one of the few people I've seen like on celluloid where they're comfortable with their uh what their place in the culture despite all the hardships um getting jerked getting uh not getting credited for stuff uh being at the head of something that had something that that you created watching blow up for something else and that something else I'm talking about is uh you know the, that long story about uh, how 45 King really created the power by way of uh, Chill Rob G's Ride the Rhythm album and the cut Let Me, uh, was it Let Me Show? No, it wasn't. It was uh, Let the Words Flow. Let the Words Flow. And uh, these two producers from, um, was it Italy, France, or these two European producers took like the acapellas off of the record of uh, Let the Words Flow and took certain lyrics out of that and put it in their production to produce uh, Snaps to Power. Put Turbo B on there, you know. With all the arguments and debates about it, yeah, Chill Roger, he got the better record. But it was like he was saying in the article that I was reading, it's like, you're going up against the money at that point for 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 to get recognized for, for a big hit, for, for, for a hit that does numbers in different countries yeah yeah you know we was on wild pitch that was Arista Arista has the machine behind them what can you do but 
the roots of that is like a lesson in industry rule number four thousand eighty. You know, in my in my eyes, you do work in another uh, arena, another scale, or another genre, and you see how much people take from hip hop music and stuff. And Forty Five King was another one of those people whose greatness lies outside of their uh, discography. Like I said, he got a big bulk of the uh, eight, uh, the 80s with him, the late 80s. Right now, All right, thank you. And the work that they put in is really exponential to the expansion of hip-hop music outside of the U.S. Um, 45 King did, um, what was it, set it off for, um, for Big Daddy Kane? Take you backwards through that. Um, everybody knows that Marley Ball is credited for that. It, you know, um, but that was a true. Uh, I may have found this out maybe ten years ago that Forty-Five King originally did that beat, and he originally did it for Biz. He was trying to give Biz to beat at the at the original speed that uh, set it off as going at on the actual Big Daddy Kane record. He was trying to give it to him early. Uh, Kane used to uh, be with Biz and come around 45 King like Biz would put him on, put 45 King on to like the dopest rappers and that's usually how his name got around and folks found out about him. All right, thank you. Thank you. You too. I, I will. And Kane heard it. It was slowed down for Biz, though, because of Biz, Biz didn't like fast beats. Biz didn't like fast beats. Um, Kane said he liked it. He heard it. He liked it. Mark said, I would give it to you, but I'm working on something for somebody else. And this beat is in the stash of things that uh, we're going to work on as part of my clause. But let me get... Let me get through with this, and we're going to come back and work with something. Biz ended up not getting the beat. Big Daddy Kane jumps on it. 45 King said, let me go and get it back to the original speed. And Kane was like, I like that. I like that in the first place. That becomes set it off. Uh, with us some money, that's also tied into another thing. With 45 King, with 45 King, as far as like him getting recognized in the mainstream like that, because we're dealing with an industry that that uh, depends on the hit record for 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 greatness, their measure of a greatness of a producer to be uh, recognized and remembered by. The thing was, 45 King had worked out everywhere. Like I said in the aforementioned snap. Uh, and then Wild Pitch wanted to get some of that air some money by kind of like remixing the original, but it's not a remix on the original or something like that. They did their own version of the power after Snap blew up with the power, called it the power jam, and had a few remixes to that. So that's like popular by infamy. The other one is a... Uh, there's a 900 number, there's a 
dance for me. Really, ladies first. And so far in the press and the media, they try to act like 45 King. They really wanted to play 45 King like a one-hit wonder producer. He ain't had no big major hits within a certain time or period right there. And that's partially due to what happened with Snaps the power or whatever, you know. Somebody gets your acapellas and a record label wants it goes like this. Somebody somebody uses the acapellas and and make a hot joint. It's like another case of all uh, the prodigy smacked my bitch up, you know. We don't even listen to a certain type of music, but then we hear that and it's like, hey, that's cool, Keith. So it was only certain people knew Chill Rob G. Only a certain, only a certain listener would know about it. When Snaps of Power, that that one was forced on everybody. You heard it every day. You heard it. You seen the videos more often and stuff. You know. But you know, big success wouldn't elude wouldn't elude him for long because there's Queen Latifah's uh, "All Hail the Queen" album, which is heralded as a one of the golden ages. One of the first Golden Ages, great classic albums right there. And it all captured his production in one compilation. And with the rising star and Queen Latifah, you know, you was going to be bound to hear something from him sooner or later. But it seems like after that, um, he disappears from the scene or whatever. And he'll pop back up. I know, like, soon after that, like, the 90s, they're like, Psh. The 90s, early 90s, 1991. Empty Lights, um, that Like You Know album. Featured two, uh, featured two productions from him. Absolutely, positively, practical jokes in a kamikaze. Two of the best cuts on that album. And then it seems like he dips out again and then comes back, you know, uh, where really he doesn't really fall off but he's doing his own thing still within the industry like it goes back to when he was putting out records on uh, Tough City and Wild Pitch that, you know uh, he drops his own stuff breakbeat albums on his uh, on his label on his own label let me in the first segment like this we gonna get back to that Although he is widely celebrated as one of hip-hop's most gifted sample-based producers, 45 King actually has a history that goes back to the first-generation MC crews before rap records were even a reality. MC Shaw rocked the Funky 4 and Funky 4 plus one more. Shabs with Rock the Bells, 45 King's role as the record boy for DJ's Breakout and Baron, the Brothers Disco, the DJ's for the Funky 4. He passed the records to DJ Breakout, Super Members. He do all of our routines and rhymes, so he primarily chose the records for us to rhyme too. DJ Chuck Chilla revealed to Rock the Bells what Mark, that Mark was his producer and that his mother was the DJ. Fortified King lived three blocks from me and, this, and his mother was a DJ, so her record collection was crazy. 
as a music lover, the son of a DJ, and the record boy for one of hip hop's most iconic crews, Mark possessed an encyclopedic knowledge of breaks, which he would use masterfully in hip hop sample heavy golden era. His ability to find the best and most obscure samples and place just the right drums and horns underneath would solidify him as a master of his craft. 45 King was one of those dudes who just made the beats, hopefully, that you like. Like I said before in the first segment, um, a majority of his stuff, like some people's older stuff is, is, is the best, but with him being in and out of the scene repeatedly, it's like he he's a mad scientist when he does come out with something. Like, he goes in and experiments. Yeah, his stuff got leaner. It got leaner to the point to where uh, where you got him helping to break out Jay-Z with Hard Not Life. And, you know, Eminem Stan and Jay-Z's Hard Not Life will be the ones that get the most talk about. Heck, I have seen everybody's tributes and shout-outs start with that. You know, but which forty-five, which forty-five King stuff that you like other other than that? Uh, he did something with Rakim. Matter of fact, the whole thing about a lot of his stuff is a mystery. Like, it's a lot of people didn't find out till about three years ago that Big Daddy Kane set her off. It's really a forty-five King production instead of Marley Mall. Money changes credits. After 900 number, after Let the Words Flow, The Power, which is like a great legendary story right there. That article, that article I've been sharing forever. Um, even producer for Madonna, remixing. And it still didn't get him the claim that he should have been gotten before. Hard not life and stand, but still, you know, um, he didn't lose a step for his production. We was hearing him. I was hearing him way back in the days on the Queen Latifah stuff. Um, the success of Stan in that story proved positive for his career. When folks thought he was, he was dead. He didn't even chance. He didn't even have a chance to. For people to believe that he was dead because he didn't have the du jour premier pop hit that he produced or whatnot, you know, especially during that time. Uh, the whole story about Hard Not Life, he was heard, he was looking for this, he was looking for this record, he was looking for this any record that heard on a uh, film and it's uh, they must have did they must have did something different they must have did something different to it to hear stuff as a producer and a beat maker you can hear deeper stuff on the music than what's on the surface especially when you leave the room and it's played up loud and you probably hear you know you don't hear the voice all the way you might hear a bass line first so he was looking for the version that he sampled but he didn't know that it was a version that was sampled yet um, he went into a Salvation Army. This is the one that gets me because I found my copy of Annie for a corner in the Salvation Army. After 
after finding different ones and buying those and that version that he sampled from ain't on that. Um, see, so found that record, want to do something different and put together the drums and all that right there. Um, people asked around for it. He gives Kid Capri an acetate. I believe that's what he said. And the acetate is a record that is not made for multiple plays. It's really sent off to the master to, to uh, press up. And you probably get one or two plays out of it. It wasn't meant to be a record. It's a test record, the acetate, just one time press. And um, that uh, our test press got past the uh, Kid Capri and he would be playing it in between sets at <clears throat> in between sets at uh at rapper shows and stuff and people would wonder well, well how you get the Annie the Annie with the drums and stuff and then Kid Capri pointed to 45 King and one errant person to make the link with 45 King and Jay Z was somebody that was at that show that was from Rockefeller. They made the connections, did the uh, did the tinkering, did the deal, and I loved the way that um, I was watching this video. Fortify King said he kept the drums like that because he he just too pretty much too cracked it because he didn't want engineers taking the low end out of his drums. You know how people if you ever taking your taking your music to another engineer that wasn't. That wasn't your regular engineer that you did. They'll, they'll do things in the mix that'll try to do what they think will give it more punch, but it don't sound like it does when it came out the box, out the machine and stuff, and or when you record it on tape. Uh, always, that's another thing. 45 King, his productions come out with the punch because in the early days, he recorded his beats to Betamax tape. Yes, he recorded to videotape. The only other person I heard do that was uh, Pimp C of Underground Kings. He put the whole uh, was it Riding Dirty or Dirty Money? He put the whole album on a VHS tape. Thank you. On a VHS tape. And had it laying around. People wouldn't, because people wouldn't think for you to put your whole project on a VHS tape. Like you only watch videos. But it's mainly because of the audio resolution that, that that tape gives. You had to be a gear head for that. 45 King goes on. That 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 puts I don't want to say put a new lease on life because that sounds like, you know, he fell off or something like that. But when songs like that and records like that and beats like that blow up, it's it be time for that record to blow up. So many people, that'd be a new sound. Just think about how drill and other form, various subgenres of rap music sound like today. And, and you was the first to hear it, or first to see it, use the song blow up. Hard Night Life was like that. It broke through Jay-Z. Uh, it also gave 45 King to do, do the uh, stand with um, Eminem. As for me, my favorite 45 King album really opened up, opened me up to like doing beats like that or just making beats. Period. Was Lost Break Beats, Volumes One and Two. 
for 1993. I bought that CD for like $3 in Camelot Music back in like June or July 1996. Me and Dog Phone was running around and making demos in my room. I wanted to make beats like that the whole time. And, and that's what inspired, like, you know, for me to do beat tapes after that. The whole Blood Donation series, the beats working, all that, just, you know, give them, give them the high points. Give them like a minute and a half a beat or a groove or something. And, and make it memorable. And like I said before, 45 King did a lot with loops that with other producers might have been boring and stuff. So he, he, he forecast what beats was gonna sound like and at a while for real, you know? There are other things to be said about it, you know, uh, I never met him in real life, but it seems like he was, he, was, he was a cool dude, just needed his respect and he needed to be paid. Um, foremost innovators. One most innovators of, of the music in the culture. Um, a lot of people who don't let go of the 80s, they are in love with his earlier productions and stuff, you know. Oh yeah, before I forget, he produced some songs on the Follow the Leader album, Microphone Fiend, uh, The All. Like, even though the credits say produced by Eric B and Rakim, and y'all know in between that, or in between Follow the Leader and Let the Rhythm Hit Him, Rakim was supposed to be working with Paul C before Paul C got murdered. 45 King was in the fitness too. After mentally mentioned that he produced, set it off for Big Daddy Kane. So to have your records right there in the same realm with people like Marley Maul, that should show you that people should know more about how important 45 King was and I ain't gonna waste time and talk about his discography because it's there it's all there for you to find out you probably heard you probably heard the man and didn't know that you was hearing the man real amazing dude and such a loss such a great loss such a great loss to us the uh, people that his, his true fans that hadn't that, that tell him and gave him his flowers before before the day of his passing um, anything else I can say about the sub he didn't he, he, he wanted to create he did that lived out his best life he gave us life on these beats man just check out everything with 45 King name on it and you'll find some stuff he did he did this one called Call Horn with uh, Common he did most stuff he did he did most stuff for folks like he embraced the technology rhythm roulette check out his rhythm roulette check out his old boiler room session from from nine minutes ago probably nine minutes nine years ago that is still that is still something today. The man, the man, what he does on 45s, and everybody can't cut, can't cut and scratch and, and loop up stuff on 45. They just can't. This man has the hands. This man has the hands for it. 
This man has the skill for it. All got to recognize. Just as super producers Marley Marl and Herbie Lovebud led their Juice Crew and Idol Makers MCs collective, respectively, 45 King was the primary sound producer for New Jersey's Flavor Unit. This group composed, comprised of Queen Latifah, Chill Rob G, Lakim Shabazz, Lati Apache, rest in peace, Lord Alabaski, Marky Fresh, rest in peace, and Double J primarily released music on Tommy Boy Records, Tough City Records, and Wild Pitch Records. Tommy Boy and Electra A Records A&R representative Dante Ross shared his first interaction with 45 King during a podcast at D.C.'s National Hip Hop Museum. 45 King was on Red Alert show with the promos, he recounted. He had the giving up food for funk promo and this cut's got flavor of Lati. I was at the Latin Quarters when this individual approached me looking more like a janitor than a typical attendee. He didn't dress like a typical hip-hop enthusiast was spotted and sported large headphones at a time when they weren't popular. He asked if I was Dante Ross and introduced himself as the 45 King, then inquired if I'd like to hear some tracks. Continuing, Dante shared, we went to the VIP section of the land quarters. Right into DJ Red Alert's booth, he produced a Walkman or door with a sticker reading property of the 45 King. I thought, this guy's something else. He showcased several tracks to me, and I immediately told him to visit Tommy Boy first thing on Monday and to bring the entire flavor unit. While he didn't show up on Monday, he called and played Wrath of My Madness by Latifah for me. A few days later, he arrived with about half of the flavor unit, including Latifah herself. Monica Lynch, Tommy Boy's president back then, stepped into my office and emphatically stated we needed to sign her. We sealed the deal on the spot. In addition to dozens of breakbeat compilations on Aaron Fute's Tough City Records, 45 King released hip hop's an instrumental anthem, the 900 Nova, which I spoke on before. Uh, one thing I did leave out was that was usually the last thing played on your TV raps on after every episode for a while. They would end it with the Air Lover dance. Um, around after a year, of running your own TV raps there was Rap City on BET and the end of every episode they would play a look like a fan made well back then in today's terms a fan made video of the 45 King using some old some old black and white footage of uh, it looks like it was a black film that it, you know almost like something like the Nicholas Brothers. I say like the closest estimation I could describe. Um, one of those videos with a version of 900 number playing and they would end it. And they would end it. It would be a year or something that they were in the uh, Rap City episodes like that. And then they switched it to like Public Enemies Anti-Nigger Machine. And that's a fun fact too. BET was only station that played videos that played that I think um, <laughs> one's impact could be felt more than the songs that they had loaded up that they have out there 
and fortify kings to expand to like uh, uh, plenty of areas. He was, he was, he was a real a producer's pro producer to to just to use the cliche and anything. But when he put something, when he put something that was like boom. When he put something that was just like solid, all of his stuff solid, but then when you get to like a hard night life and you stand, it's some of that is undeniable. That's hard earned that's like the hard earned work that you all that you should have been getting credit for. And as far as one of the architects of this sound culture, this music culture, for that five king is definitely up there and um condolences, rest in pieces, infinite. To his family, to his friends, to everybody he should trash out to the the whole flavor unit. Latiz, this cut's got flavor is where the flavor unit name emanates from and goes on and lives on to this day, you know. With people still doing their thing. Uh rest in peace to all people involved. Forty five King. There's always love. I found I found the old Twitter conversation we had in in in, in May of 2015. You're large, baby. Peace.